As we begin this morning, I imagine that if we all compared our stories as kids, what it was like for Christmas to come, I think we'd have a lot in common. So we'd all compare our stories. We'd say, yeah, we did that too. We did that too. But especially when it comes to the agonizing, I mean agonizing wait for Christmas to get there. Amen? As a kid, when you're growing up, I mean, it just seems like Christmas Day, Christmas morning just isn't going to be there. I remember as a kid, and maybe you do too, how the last few nights or last few days before Christmas were the longest days in the world. Amen? (laughs) And then the last night before Christmas morning, wasn't that just the longest night of of the whole year? You just lay there. I mean, my brother and I used to share a room. We would just lay there and just... I mean, is it time? Is it time? Is it time? And finally, the time would come, and we'd go down the hallway and wake up our sister, and then we'd go down, and we'd get mom and dad way up early, two and three o'clock in the morning, because we just couldn't wait any longer. But then, when you become an adult, and somebody says, hey, I think it's only three weeks to Christmas, right? You go, as an adult, you panic. (laughs) No, there's so much stuff to do. And so it changes between kids and adults. For adults, Christmas comes so fast. But for kids, it comes so slow. But the great thing that I remember is this. No matter how slow the days went, no matter how long it seemed to take for Christmas morning to come, we always got there. Amen? (laughs) Christmas always came. We always got there. There was this promise of Christmas, and then Christmas always came. Now, during our childhood on the way to Christmas Day, Probably all of us did something else was really in common, if we were just to kind of compare stories. So this morning, I'm going to ask all of you to do something. I'm going to ask you all to confess. We're going to call this Christmas Confession Morning. Amen? Everybody in? <laughs> so be, you got to be honest. God's here. He's listening. He's watching. And this is Christmas Confession Morning. Question is this. How many of you searched for your gifts before Christmas morning? All right, all right. God's real proud of you. You're being honest, okay? Next question, how many of you found one of those gifts? Okay, I'm right there with you, okay? Next question, for all you rebels, how many of you, when you found that gift, you actually got it out and played with it? Okay, here's one in the back. (laughs) All right. And how many of you played with it and you broke it? (laughs) Oh, one, okay, there's one back here. And then what do you say then? Mom, it just fell out of the closet. It broke. <laughs> what do you do? Well, I remember the Christmas that my dad gave me a 20-gauge shotgun for Christmas. Now, before you freak out, remember, I was raised in the Midwest on a farm, and it was normal back in those days when I was a teenager to give teenage boys a shotgun to hunt with and take care of varmints on the farm and all that kind of stuff. And so it was kind of a normal gift. Well, my parents had hidden that shotgun up in a storage room in the second story of our house that we seldom used. But one day I got the bug and I just had to go searching for the gifts. And so I went into that storage room and I opened the closet door and I was so guilty, I I wouldn't look into the closet. So I opened the closet door and I just began to feel through the clothes that were hanging there to the back of the closet, you know, like this. Could Could I feel anything? And I was feeling around and suddenly... I came to something that was long and smooth, like the barrel of a shotgun. (laughs) And I knew 
that dad had got me the 20 gauge shotgun, but I never looked at it. I closed the door. I was so guilty. I was so wrong. And so I closed it. I quietly ran out of the room, closed the door, and I, I just couldn't wait for Christmas morning to come. It seemed like Christmas was never going to come. The wait was just excruciating. But then Christmas morning came. The interesting thing is this, waiting is what God's people were doing before the very first Christmas. They had been waiting and waiting and waiting. You see, for generations and generations of Jewish people, there was a handful who waited year after year for the arrival, not of Santa Claus, but the arrival of the Messiah that was promised by God the Father. For generations, for hundreds and thousands of years, they waited. And so in every generation, there are these handful of people who lived each day as if it was the day that the promised Messiah was going to come back. And so they lived as if this was the day that the Messiah was going to come. But unlike our Christmas day that comes every single year, they went on for generation after generation after generation, and nothing happened. Messiah never came. Nothing happened. In fact, 99.9% .9 of those people who had been given that promise by God that the Messiah would come, they all died. And they never got to experience the promise of God being kept, the Messiah coming. But you know what? Every day, there was a group of people who got up and lived as if it was the day that the Messiah, the Savior, would come. Today, as we begin this Christmas series, I want to talk with you about two people who, who faithfully hoped in that promise of God and faithfully waited in that promised gift for all of their lives. They waited for the promise to be kept. You see, their story is really important to us today because there's times when you and I are going to feel like God is silent, like God has given us a promise in his word, and yet we've been praying, we've been praying, we've been waiting, and it just hasn't happened yet. There's going to be times in our lives when, when we just feel like God's not doing anything for us, like we're, we're leaning on one of his promises, and yet it's just not coming through. Their story is important because they had to wait through all of those times. And there will be times when you, like them, begin to wonder, why am I even doing this Christian thing? Why, why am I even trusting in the promises of God? Why do I keep attending church and worshiping God? Why am I continuing to serve him and to give to him and, and obey his word? Why in the world am I waiting on his promises to come true in my life? And at some point in all of our lives, there are seasons when we look around and say, what am I getting out of all of this? If you've ever felt like that, this story, which leads us right into the Christmas story, is for you today. It's for you. Because it's about these two people who really could have wondered, is it worth it to wait on God? Is it worth it? Here's how the story begins. Take a look at this. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, and this is the Herod that killed all of the babies in, in Bethlehem. In the time of Herod, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. 
Now, Elizabeth and Zechariah were both from the priestly line of Israel. In other words, they were preacher's kids. In fact, their parents were preacher's kids and their grandparents and their great-grandparents. They were all preacher's kids. They belonged to this line of priests and religious leaders of that day. The Bible goes on and says, and both of them were righteous in the sight of God. As God looked at Elizabeth and Zechariah, he said, man, they're absolutely right with me. They're doing everything right. Then the Bible goes on and says, and they were observing all of the Lord's commands. How many of us can say that? Observing all of the Lord's commands. I mean, these were two people that were faithful to God. And then the Bible goes on and says this, and they were observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. Even God himself, as he looked at their lives, could not blame, could not, you know, cast any blame. You're not living right. No. In God's sight, these two people were blameless. In other words, this couple never messed up. If some private investigator began to take pictures and watch them and take photographs of their every move, he would not have found one thing to cause them to say, you're, you're not living right. He had not found one thing. They were blameless. And here's what's amazing. They were following all of God's command based on all of God's promises that had been given 2,000 years earlier. So there's being faithful to follow those commands that they weren't even around to hear. And then for the last 700 years, God had done nothing for the nation of Israel. And yet these two people, they got up day after day, lived their lives as if Christmas was coming soon. They lived as if the Messiah was coming soon, as if God was going to keep his promise. And as they waited for the promise, they did so with no evidence that God was doing anything. God had been silent for 700 years. And yet these two people kept following the commands of God. To me, that's amazing. We have the Holy Spirit that now speaks to our hearts and, 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 and nudges us and convicts us and calls us and challenges us and, and, and works with us. Nothing. 700 years. And, and they were faithful to wait on God. That's amazing to me. And even though they were being so faithful to God, it felt like to them that God was not listening or answering their prayers. They felt like God was not hearing. Look at this. The Bible says, but, even though they were so blameless, following God in every perfect way, but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive. So here they are, getting up every day, waiting for the Messiah, serving in the temple, keeping their lives holy, and God does not answer their one prayer for a child. And in their culture, if a woman could not conceive, it was the woman's fault. Never a man's. It was the woman's fault. And so if a woman could not get pregnant, they actually believed that she had sinned and done something wrong and God had now put a curse on her and she could never have a child. And so here is this blameless, righteous woman, Elizabeth, who all through her early years all through her middle years, is now in her later years, and it still hasn't happened for her. No child. In fact, 
Look at, look at how this verse ends. And they were both well advanced in years. No child, and now they were old. So for Elizabeth, it was over. It was too late. They had prayed the, the, the desperate prayers of any couple who wants to have a child, and God had not made it happen. So all of these years, Elizabeth lived with the shame and the pain all the way into now her old age. But Zechariah and Elizabeth served God faithfully, even though it seemed like their personal desire, their personal prayers would never be answered. They were still living on God's promise of the Messiah, the Savior, coming. And during those years, many of their friends, their fellow Jews, decided to turn away from God. The Bible's really clear about that. They were simply tired of waiting on the promised gift of the Father. But not Zechariah. Not Elizabeth. And because of their faithfulness, God chose to do through them something new that would lead to the fulfillment of his promise to send the Messiah, the Savior. And their waiting paid off big time. Take a look at this. Story goes on. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. So here's Zechariah going about his priestly duties. He goes into the temple. He stands right outside the curtain that divides the Holy of Holies where the presence of God dwelt and where the altar of incense was. He stands outside the Holy of Holies and he begins burning incense on the altar to worship God. Now look what the scripture says. And when the time for the burning incense came, all the assembled, assembled uh, worshipers were praying outside. They had to leave the temple Priest only in there. So he's in there all by himself. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. So there he's, he's doing his priestly duties. And all of a sudden, I mean, you're burning incense, you're giving it on behalf of the people as worship to the Lord, and all at once an angel shows up. Wouldn't that freak you out? <laughs> Look what the Bible says. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled. And then gripped with fear. And Zechariah was a righteous man. Imagine if, if, if it was you. <laughs> and an angel shows up. Man, if an angel had appeared to you and me, we'd be so afraid, we'd start confessing stuff right there. Amen? <laughs> we just start, oh God, I'm so sorry. You know? But here's this righteous man who in the presence of God's angel was startled and gripped with fear. But then the Bible says... But the angel said to him, and this is so awesome. Whenever God sends an angel, he has the angel say some things to comfort and, and to call him, like, don't be afraid. And then the angel says this, your prayer has been heard. Can you imagine how Zechariah felt all those years? Young married years, middle years, older years. Your prayer has been heard. And then the angel says, it's not only been heard, but your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will call him John. And folks, this is how the whole Christmas story begins. The story goes on and the Bible says, the angel speaking, he says, he, John, will be a joy and delight to you. Many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is to never take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. And then the story goes on and says, many of the people of Israel will he bring back 
Those who had turned away, they got tired of waiting. Many he will bring back to the Lord their God. And then the Bible says, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and of the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. And here it is, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. For who? Oh, the Messiah that God promised. The Savior that the Father promised. Their child, his whole purpose was to get a people ready for the coming of the promised gift. The promised Messiah, Jesus, the Savior. And then look at this. The Bible says, Zechariah then asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? And I think this is so funny. Man, this is where he gets really diplomatic. Check this out. I'm an old man, angel. But my wife, she's just kind of well along in years. (laughs) So he's being really diplomatic here. He says, I'm old, but she, well, she's just kind of well along in years. (laughs) In other words, he says to the angel, okay, I hear you, and I'm glad you heard our prayers. Come on, angel, it's a little late. (laughs) It's a little late. We're old. We prayed for a child through our 20s, through our 30s, through our 40s. We almost gave up in our 50s, but we kept praying and we kept asking. But now you come? We're old. It's late. But then the angel said to him, look at this, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. Can you imagine how that got Zachariah's attention? I'm the guy who stands in the presence of God. And I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until this day happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true, and I love this part, at their appointed time time. Wait. You mean God had this day marked on his calendar all along? Do you mean that God was planning all along for me and Elizabeth to have a baby so late in life? Do you mean that, God, you've been planning this all along, that you never quit paying attention to our prayers and our heart's desires? You were always listening and you were just saying, it's coming, it's coming. God, was this your appointed time and plan? And then the Bible says, meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. And when his time of service was completed, he returned home. And then it finishes and goes on. And this, and this his, and after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. But folks, this was just the warm-up act. This answer to prayer for Zechariah and Elizabeth, this was just like the pre-concert. God was gearing up to keep his promise to send a Messiah. God was gearing up to do what he had planned to do all along. God was gearing up to send hope through Jesus, to every man, every woman, and every child. Here's how the story ends and how the Christmas story, the next story, next week, begins. The Bible says in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. 
Folks, as I look at this story, this is really our same story, isn't it? I mean, we've got to decide, are we going to wait on God's promise or not? Do we keep believing in God or do we stop believing? Do we keep serving God or do we just get tired of waiting like some of the Jewish people and we just stop serving God and we go do something else? We kind of give up on the Christian thing. We give up on, on being faithful and diligent to the word and to prayer and to worship. Do, do we give up or do we just wait on the promise of God? Maybe some of you have been praying for healing, been praying for a job, for your marriage to be healed, and you don't yet see God doing anything. So you, do you just give up and get tired of waiting and you just walk away? Or do you know that God's hearing his plan, hearing your prayers, and he's got a plan, and at the appointed time, he's going to make his promise come true in your life? Do we keep giving to God? Do we keep obeying his word while we wait on the promise of God? While we wait on the promise of heaven to come? You know, sometimes the waiting gets tough. And in every generation, there's a handful of Christians who don't stay faithful. They don't wait. And there's a handful of Christians who, who, even though they don't see God doing much, they keep waiting on God. They keep trusting on God. But let me tell you this. If you wait on God, he's got a gift for you that's beyond your imagination. He has a gift of heaven for you. Amen? And when you open that gift, it will blow your mind. <laughs> It'll be greater than anything that we could have ever, ever imagined. The waiting gets tough, but when the day comes, like the day when Elizabeth and Zechariah got to hold their gift in their arms, when the day comes that you get to open your gift from God the Father, the thrill of your hope becoming true will be amazing. Amen? When you close your eyes in this earth and you open your eyes and you see Jesus, your Savior, amen? The promised Savior welcoming you into heaven. We always say St. Peter's at the gates. It's going to be Jesus. Amen. Isn't that going to be amazing? That gift that you get to open, you'll say, I'm so glad I waited. I'm so glad I, I stayed faithful. It'll be worth it. You'll be thrilled with your gift. Amen. Amen. You know, the story of Christmas is a reminder that your faith and hope in God is not misplaced. It's a reminder that even when God is silent for a time, that God is not necessarily being still. But he's working behind the scenes for what he wants to have happen at an appointed time. That your faith and your hope is not in vain if you'll just wait and be faithful. You see, God keeps all of his promises. So be faithful. Wait. No matter what you're lifting up to God, no matter what your prayers are, wait on God and he'll keep his word. Let's pray together. As I pray this prayer, maybe you'd like to repeat it in your heart and mind. Simply goes like this. Father, I will continue to follow you no matter how hard it is to wait. I will lift my heart's desires to you and I will continue to be faithful to you as I wait for your answer. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that today we have your written word. And today we have your spirit living inside of us to keep speaking to us and nudging us and encouraging us to be blameless and righteous in your sight. Lord, we thank you for all of that. But Lord, help us today to, in our hearts and minds to kind of reach back all the way to Zechariah and Elizabeth and say, God, I want some of the same stuff that they had, the same resolve, the same strength to be faithful and to wait on your promises. We pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen.